0: So this morning, I'd like to invite Armin Weller to come forward. Armin's a previous pastor of our church from 1970 to 1984. No, he wasn't the first pastor of this congregation. So Armin's going to bring the word. So come forward and and share God's word with us today. I'm I'm not that old. Good Good morning. So good to be with you again. Thank you, thank you. John told me in a text about a week or so ago that you were going to be having special things here today concerning rally day and Sunday school. And he said, uh, because those things take a bit of time, you probably want to have a shorter sermon. He didn't tell me that the person that took most of the time was John Niederhaus. We loved him too. <laughs> you like my jacket? Yeah, that good. It took me longer to decide what to wear today because it's the last day I can wear something like this, my wife tells me. <laughs> and it took me to prepare this sermon. and by the way I'm going to be here in two weeks and she says I can't wear something this light at the end of September I must wear something darker next time around So,
1: these
0: these are the important things that we pastors have to deal with on a regular basis sometimes we preach the word but other times we're getting ready to be seen which is why I used to wear a robe when I was here before. You never knew what I was wearing. Let's pray. Bless us, O Lord. Guide us by your word and by your Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, a passage upon which this message is based is from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is an interesting book. It's the fifth book of the Torah written by Moses. It's called Deuteronomy because it's the second reading of the law. Deutero, second, nomos, law. In Hebrew, it's called devarim. Devarim. And that is a Hebrew word which translates as words, as most books do have them in them. But this is because the very first sentence in the book of Deuteronomy is, these are the words of the Lord. And so we're gonna look at the importance of words today. Words are especially important to those of us who are part of the Judeo-Christian heritage because we're called the people of the book. The book is important to us. We spend time in this. We don't spend enough time in this, but we spend time in this that we might know what God is all about and what he wants us to be about. He sets forth his plans for our lives. He explains how he created this world and us in it. Sets forth all these truths And challenges us to not only know the Word, but to live by the Word. Therefore, before copying machines, people living in the Old Testament did a lot of memorizing. I was happy to hear John say that, that he has the confirmation class, memorize Scripture. It's important to do that. The more Scripture we memorize, the more God can bring to our mind when we need to have some direction from him, when I was a youngster, uh, just after this nation was established <laughs> I had to uh, memorize all kinds of things, questions and answers from the Heidelberg Catechism, as well as certain scripture passages like John 3:16 and 17, Psalm 23. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, and more and more and more. When I became a pastor, I found that it was easy to memorize Scripture because I spent so much time in it. And it was just natural for those things to be remembered after a while. The context of chapter 6 that we have had read to us this morning is Moses reminding people what the Ten Commandments are all about and challenging them to make it the center of their daily lives. What I'm going to do this morning and part of this afternoon, <laughs> what well, he said, that you said I'd have to four o'clock. Oh, two o'clock, OK. Well, I can cut it back. I'm going to just read a few verses from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. And just make some comments upon those. And we'll see where this takes us. Verses 1 through 3 of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord God has commanded me to teach you. That you might do them in the land where you are going over to possess it. So that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God. To keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. O Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in the land flowing with milk and honey. Simple instructions. These are the commands we have now. Follow them. God loves us so much that he not only created us, he tells us how we work best, how we operate best as human beings in this world that he has created. And he says, if you follow the directions I have for you as part of my creation, I will see that you are blessed and have a wonderful life. He is a God who loves us. He created us. He speaks to us. And he loves us. Some people have called the Bible the manufacturer's handbook. Have you heard that? Manufacturer's handbook. When you get a new automobile, you get an owner's manual. Guess who owns you? God, through Jesus Christ. I had... Kitchen appliance with an owner's manual, a manufacturer's hand. This is what it said on the cover in bold type. Do not operate this equipment until you have read this manual. (laughs) And you know I didn't read it. (laughs) And you may have heard instructions if at first you don't succeed, read the directions something I think all of us should consider. I had a, a stain of, uh, that I was putting on a, uh, a desk I was making. And on the back of the can of stain it said in bold type do not use this until you've read these instructions. Do not try to live this life until you've read these instructions. Amen. The manufacturer's handbook. God knows how we work because he made us. And he gives us instructions. And, and if you are told in your owner's manual for your car that you should use a certain octane gasoline, you should do that. Just because you think milk is good, you don't put it in your gas tank. You do what the owner's manual says, what the handbook tells you to do. This is simply what Moses is saying to the people. God has made you. He is giving you commandments to follow because he loves you. And because if you follow them, these words will bring blessings into your life. Verses 4 and 5. You can already tell this is going to be a short message because I've already moved on to verses 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel. By the way, if you like it short, thank John. (laughs) Hear, O Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Jesus quoted this when he was questioned by an attorney about what, what was the most important commandment. And Jesus said, this is the first and most important one. Because Jesus memorized this passage when he was just a young boy, as did every young person in the Hebrew culture. Hear, O Israel. That first word is really important, hear. You pronounce it in Hebrew, shema. It means listen. But it can also be translated, obey. And in this context, it means both at the same time. Listen to what God is saying, and do what he tells you to do. Hear and obey, Shema. If you will be blessed to the utmost, this is what you should do. But don't just obey. What does he say? He says, devote yourself, devote yourself to doing this. I found as I was reading this passage, and I've read it many times over the years, how important these things are because it it puts an emphasis upon these words. don't, Don't just obey, devote yourself to obey. Don't just give your heart and mind to the Lord Give all of your heart and mind and strength to the Lord. This is the words of the covenant. And if any of you have heard me preach before, you've heard me say this. The words of the covenant that we make with God are very simple. I give you myself and everything I have for all time. I give you myself and everything I have for all time. This is what God says to us, first of all, to invite us. Words, the importance of words, words connect us to God. God says to us, I give you myself and everything I have for all time. And he invites us to respond with words and say to him, and God, I give you myself and everything I have for all time. Romans chapter 10, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. Speaking the words is very important. God speaks to us. He invites us to speak to him, to say those words, asking for forgiveness yeah. and committing ourselves to him as the word of our lives. How can we do this? Look at verse 6. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. We're back to memorization once again. Memorizing is very important. You might think it's just a, a futile exercise, but it's not. It's really important to memorize the word. Read it, memorize it, meditate upon it, think about it, consider it as you go through your daily life. The word for meditate is a very interesting word in Hebrew. It can also be translated ruminate, ruminate. Those of you who are good farmers know that cows ruminate a lot. In fact, all the time. It means to take something in and chew on it for a while. First time I used this illustration of the church in Florida, I almost lost the opportunity to be their pastor because it made people sick in their stomachs. So please get ready for this, okay? A cow takes in what it's chewing on and chews on it for a while and swallows it and lets it sit there for a while. And then, this is the fun part, they bring it back up again and chew on it some more. And then they swallow it again. And then it goes into one or three different areas of the cow's stomach and sits there for a while. This is what it means to meditate upon the word of God. Take it in, think about it, ruminate, let it become a part of you. When you see milk, you know that there was something going on in the cow that caused it to produce milk. It was what they ruminated upon. this is making sense? That one beside me. When you take it in and chew on it and consider it, it becomes you. Standing before you is the protein bar I ate on the way here. It's in the process of becoming almond. And when I take in the word of God and think about it, meditate upon it, it can become me, so that, in a real sense, the Word becomes flesh. When we digest it and we live it out, that is what people see, what we are able to do and say because we've taken in the Word and it has become a part of us in your life. The word becomes flesh. What you take in will influence what comes out. Verse 7. You shall teach these words diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. A short version of that is do this all the time do this all the time. When you get up, when you lie down, the beginning of the day, end of your day, while you're walking along the way, when you're in your home, when you're on a journey, this is when you should teach these things diligently. And uh, those of us who who are teaching our children as parents, those of us who are teaching our children in Sunday school, we're supposed to teach diligently the New Living Translation puts it this way. Tell them over and over and over again. Tell them over and over and over again the truth of the Word of God. Teach these words diligently in your daily life. Let the words taken in come out in your daily life. To be And we need to realize that whether we want to be teaching things to our children we will be teaching things to our children. Yeah. I like to cook and I like to bake. I like to make. I make great shoe fly mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I really do. Make my own crust, I'm, I'm an amazing baker. <laughs> and I am because my mother was a phenomenal baker. She made all she made her wedding cake. She, she made lots of, all kinds of cakes. One day, many moons ago, I was making some shoofly pie, and I had just rolled out the dough for the crust. And I, I laid it in the pie pan, and then, you know, it always overlaps around the edge. I cut it back. And so I, I held the pie pan up like this and got a sharp knife and started going, like this, turning the pan and cutting the edge. I said, turned the pan around. And I said, my mother always did it that way. She didn't teach me and say, Armin, this is how you do it. Hold the pan like this. Take a knife and do this. I did it because I always saw mom doing it that way. She was teaching me without teaching me. We do that with our children. We do that with anybody that can see us in action. We are teaching them whether we realize it at the time or not. You hear your child use a phrase that you didn't even know that they knew, and you're distressed about it, and you say, I wonder where they picked that up. They probably got it from you when you were not careful with your tongue. And real examiner vocabulary and realize what we're teaching our children. Proverbs 18.21 says, words are so important and so powerful that they carry within them the power of life and death. Proverbs 18.21. Have you ever had one of those days, things are going well, you, days just started, and you started being, seeing people out town or... Uh, church or someplace, and and you're feeling pretty good and then someone looks at you and says you look a little pale today, aren't you feeling well? (laughs) oh no, I'm fine, I'm fine oh okay, I just wondered and then another person comes walking down the street and says, yeah, I look too good had a bad night? yeah, I look too good You get two or three people talking to you like that, and you call in the sick at work and say, I'm not (laughs) feeling well at all, even though you thought you were doing great. There's power in the words we use, and we need to realize it. There there are times when I offended people and didn't know I was offending them. And And they confronted me later on about it, and I had to ask them to forgive me for being offensive. Probably telling a joke or something. And it was the wrong thing to do and the wrong way to do it. Words are important. We need to use them carefully. But we need to use them. We need to actually do something with them. We need to share the power of the word of God with other people. Verses 8 and 9. By the way, these are the last two verses in case you're checking your watch. You shall bind these frontals as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Have you read those words before and said to yourself, Huh? What's, what, what does that mean? Well, we know, if we've studied the word at all, that this is something that the truly religious Hebrew would do. They would literally tie on their hands and on their foreheads for the temple little boxes with scripture and they would put on the door something they called the mezuzah which is a little box with scripture on it. They would touch it as they went into the house. I think this is God's way of saying to us I know this is going to be hard so let me give you some teaching aids. Things that you can do to teach others and remind yourself of the importance of knowing and sharing and living by the word. Here we go. Jewelry. Wear a cross. And then try and swear in front of it. Bumper stickers. These are little things that Remind us who we are. I I just changed my auto insurance, and this auto insurance provides a little app. It's called Drive Safe and Save. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And they give you a little thing to put on your windshield by which they can see how you're driving your car. I actually chose to let someone peek into the way I drive my car. And one time, shortly after I got this, my wife said, I said, people are, why are you driving so slow? I said, people are watching me. <laughs> car up there. In the, and I said, well, I drive my car up there in the left-hand corner. I see that little box that reminds me. Don't go tearing out of the parking lot. Don't slam on your brakes. Watch how fast you drive. Someone is watching you. I'm thankful for that. God wants us to have little reminders that we might know we're being watched. You don't have to worry about God watching you. He knows you do dumb things and do wrong things, and he's ready to forgive you. This is how you look in the eyes of other people. Bracelets. WWJD. T-shirts with scriptures on them. Baseball hats. Be careful what kind of baseball hat you wear. Decorations in your homes. What do you have plastered on your walls? All these things are little suggestions from God. If you want to carefully choose and share your word, the word that I give you, here are some things you might want to do to help yourself do it right. Are you with me so far? Good, because I'm just about finished. I don't want to lose you. How do we do this? Let me just give you seven different things you can do. And I want you, as I'm sharing these, to write them down and memorize them. No, no, I'm not. No. What I want you to do is I want you to ask the Lord to help you and say, I'm going to work on number four and see if I can do better in that particular area. Make sure that you have indeed committed your life to Jesus. What was that? Make sure you have committed your life to Jesus. It's, it's amazing how many people are in the church who think they're Christians because their parents were. Someone said, God does not have any grandchildren. He only has children. Someone also said, you don't become a Christian by spending time in the church any more than you become a car by spending time in the garage. It's a decision we have to make. So the first thing is, make sure you've made that decision. If you aren't sure how to do that, talk to one of your leaders here. Talk to me, and we'll make sure that you can be sure. Number two, commit yourself to read more of the Bible tomorrow than you did yesterday or today. Commit yourself to reading, spending more time in the Word of God. Number three, internalize the Word, digest it think about it, memorize it, make it part of your life. Related to that, go to the internet and Google Bible memory, and you will find programs and apps that will help you get into a new discipline of learning and memorizing the word so that you can use it more effectively. Ask the Lord to help you be more sensitive concerning what you take in and what you may be unknowingly teaching. Ask for what I call a check in the spirit. This is when you are thinking of doing something or you're saying something and you get this sort of, well, it's like a its It's God saying, don't say that or don't do that or this is what you should do in preparing this, for this message for this service i went through two other sermons each of which i was sure i was supposed to preach until i woke up each, two days in a row and the lord said no that's the wrong message and whether or not you like this message i'm giving you that's tough this is the one god said i should hear with you because i already tossed two others away Number five, make a covenant with a Christian brother or sister who will help you be aware of how you're living your life and how you're using your mouth and the words you use. Number six, rejoice and give the glory to God regularly as you grow in him and thank him for the blessings that he's given you on a daily basis. And finally, Shema. Listen. Listen. Become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Learn to recognize His voice and then obey. Do what He tells you to do. This is a list for you. This is a list for me to consider where am I falling short and what might God have me do? Are you with me? That's all you get. Was that short enough, John? Where are you, John? Is that short enough? No, I, got five I got five more minutes? Okay. <laughs> enough time to pray. Pray with me, would you please? Yes. Lord God, what a good and gracious and loving God you are. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come and worship you. We thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, which communicates with us in so many different ways. And we ask, Lord God, that you would make us sensitive to the words we use, to the words we choose to remember, to the words we have yet to read, that we might see how important they are because it will help us know more about you and more about ourselves. And it will open doors for us to share your love and your word with others. We give you the glory for anything we might be able to accomplish by being obedient to the word you give us. All to your glory. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.